welcome to Apple at Work, the podcast about Apple and the business world. My name is Bradley Chambers, your host as always. This week we have a first-time guest on the show, Anders from Bitwarden. Anders, welcome to Apple at Work. Thank you very much for having me, Bradley. You know, we're recording this. Uh, I got a fresh cup of coffee. It's 6 a.m. my time, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm ready and ready to go. Uh, now, you're based over in London, am I, am I correct, or in somewhere in the U.K.? No, actually, I'm based in Sweden, in uh, Sweden, Malmo. So I appreciate that you got up early to talk to me. It's about noon here. We have a lovely day going so far. You know, I am always excited to get up early, but I think ultimately I'm always excited to get up early to talk about passwordless and the world exactly. without passwords. And, and, and I say that in jest, but like I actually, um, I don't know, like I've been hearing, been running at 9 to 5 Mac since like 2017 or so, like, and I, I remember the first time I heard from someone at the Fido Alliance, and it really right. felt like, cool, like, this sounds great. Like, it just felt like for years you would hear about this technology, but you would just hear about the technology. And But then um, once, you know, Apple, Google, Microsoft started to integrate it into the hardware, it, especially for me in the past year, it's felt like one of those, like, gradually but then suddenly moments yeah. where – I'm finding myself using pass keys over multiple applications every single day, multiple times a day, sometimes hourly as I log in and out of services. And it, it's, it kind of just blows my mind how quick, how, again, it, it's not going to click yeah. roll up, but then like it, you know, I think we, we spent years as an industry building the infrastructure and, and getting the manufacturers on board. Um, but when we're finally at a place where like, this thing is happening and it's real. And the thing is, it works. And I, you know, and I had an article a few weeks ago, and I'd love to get your opinion on this too, um, about Apple's decision back with the iPhone, I guess it was 5S on, on Touch ID. They, if you go back, I don't remember if you remember that keynote, but they made a huge deal about how it was stored in this secure enclave and it didn't yeah. sync. And, and this was a time period when like everything was sinking. Like this was like, right. You know, iCloud wasn't very old every, you know, this was like really the, probably when, um, you, you really starting to think about like, you know, okay. Especially in the years afterwards, like, okay, we have the iPad, like we want everything on all devices. And, and the one thing Apple said, no, this doesn't sync is touch ID. And particularly now that Apple's so big in the, in the enterprise, um, it, it, companies can tell their employees like, Hey, you know, yeah, you use biometric on your device. Doesn't, doesn't transfer your, to your MDM. Like that's yeah. stored on device. What are your thoughts on a, just the state of pass keys today, but also like how critical was Apple's decision early on with touch ID? Yeah. I mean, first of all, I'm, I'm very happy that you, you know, using pass keys, uh, on the daily, uh, I'm very happy to hear that as one of the, you know, uh, one of the people working on pass keys and kind of driving that option. And, um, uh, I've been involved, I think since back in 2016, maybe 17, when I started, I have a developer and an engineering background. I started an open source, uh, project working on pass keys back then. And, you know, back then it was very, it was very new, very experimental, uh, who knew if it would take off? And um, since then, it's only been accelerating. And and you know, the last, I would say, the last twelve months since Apple um, started calling it Passkeys, it was called something else previously, much more technical and, and kind of user hostile almost. So I'm very happy with the you know the the current state and the acceleration is just fantastic. When as you mentioned. 
Apple deploying it on a wide scale, Google also deploying it. Um, you know, um, Microsoft definitely in the works, and um, and kind of larger, perhaps slow mo, slow moving institutions such as um, American um, CISA. I think it stands for Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Agency. Uh, they are referring to to uh, pass keys as you know a suitable form of authentication. So I'm really happy that the the all the major players and you know from big really big tech companies such as Google, Microsoft to governmental um, and and um, us, for example, Bitwarden, uh, moving into the space and kind of enabling the technology both for organizations of all different sizes and as well as users in a private capacity. And I think, I think to, to touch on the kind of data governance and, and the, you know, locality of data and data protection, that's also been, you know, going through kind of a large shift here in the, in the EU, you know, GDPR regulations kind of um, became a huge deal about raising awareness of user data. And I think, with, with biometrics, um, many of us users are quite, um, you know, we feel, um, we trust it, that it's not being synced, that it, that it is based on the TPM and on-device locality. And I think that's uh, uh, one of the key steps uh, that kind of allows for, for this um, innovation to happen. You know, you mentioned some of the, you know, uh, you know, compliance issues. Uh, you know, you think about it, uh, you know, any company that's, you know, growing, they're they're going through SOC 2. There's just there's there's a unknown or infinite number of like four letter certifications, which companies have to yeah. try to get compliance with, particularly if you launch any sort of cloud service for your customers. Um, you, you know, you could just spend countless dollars, countless time trying to achieve these compliance. And, and rightfully so, your customers deserve that. Uh, I think I think having a focus on security as being very much a customer's first organization. Um, but, and, and again, I think I think well, you made a great point that, you know, Passkeys was like a very technical thing. You know, again, we go back and call it, you know, the, the FIDO Alliance and some of the work that that, that team has done. And I think our, uh, our you, know, you mentioned you've been working on it since 2017. That all of that timeline lines up when there's like just a lot of technical foundation being built. Um, so I, I, re- I really want to dive into more of some of, of Bitwarden solutions and, and particularly on the on the self-hosting. But you came over to Bitwarden earlier this year uh, through an acquisition, uh, passwordless.dev. Um, it was an open source framework. You know, I think, too, I, I really like this, like, model of, you know, companies that are for profit. Like, I'm a big fan of companies. It's good to have companies that make money. I think that like, yeah. economic incentives, like, drive growth and, and driving customer solutions. But I also love, like, open source. I love self-hosting options. It's like I love, you know, and Bittenwarden really kind of marries the two. Where did you get the idea for passwordless.dev? And then, like, what was the what was the idea of joining the Bitwarden team? Yeah. I mean, so going back to 2016 and kind of connecting to the um, the I guess rise of passkeys. Uh, back then, it was a you know, almost technical experiment, and back then it wasn't. Nowadays, I think about it like a almost like a you know tectonic shift for authentication. Um, it makes authentication very secure, but also as seamless as unlocking your phone. And as you brought up, and I think it's a great point. It, it's really been a kind of a gradual process to get here. You know, there's been 
advancements in hardware with you know and fingerprint technology or face recognition and the you know user enclave that those very sensitive data points stay on the device so those advancements have you know uh, kind of pitched in and um, of course software engineering a lot of work has gone in uh, to coming up with the protocols and the software to drive this and it, it's i mean to, to it, it all kind of it draws back from you know cryptography work from the from 1976 uh, on, on asymmetric cryptography so it's really been a, a you know a very long road uh, that's finally kind of uh, as with all big changes, you know, that affects a lot of people and a lot of ecosystems, there is gradual change until it's it's sudden and kind of tectonic shift. Um, and, and some of this some of this works also goes into like user experience. Um, I think security at scale requires great user experience to succeed, and and that is why I'm excited about passkeys, but also actually why you know I started passless.dev. Um, and, and why I joined Bitwarden to bring this technology to you know, our millions of users and organizations all over the world. So Passlos.dev grew from it grew from a open source project that aimed to solve a technology, you know, uh, an advanced experiment in technology to a how do I actually get, you know, like the technology works, but how do we get um, developers to use it? And how do we, because there's a lot of hard words in, in passkeys, in like in the underlying technology, there's a lot of complexity. Um, and I wanted to make that very easy to bring to, you know, if you're a developer at an organization or if you're a CTO and you want to you know, work on moving your company to being uh, better protected with passkeys and moving towards passwordless, then... I want that step to be non, you know, have as little friction as possible. If you're, you know, if you're interested and has the, the kind of the basic skills, I want to enable you to do that. And that's where Passless that, that grew from. And when I connected with, with Kyle, the founder of, of Bitwarden and, and CTO, um, turns out we were very aligned that kind of uh, on the mission to protect users um, it didn't start out as a acquisition conversation. It started out as a conversation about technology and like the missions we were on, uh, because I mean we were on separate paths back then, um, and they just overlapped. And the yeah, I think we we both um, liked each other very well, and, and the the mission we were on was similar. So uh, Bitwarden, of course, has a really great track record of of protecting users and organizations. Um, with you know, uh, password management and um, multi-factor authentication and passwordless was just a kind of natural next step for them uh, to move into and, and help organizations move into protecting their employees and their users. So it was, it was a very organic kind of journey. This episode of Apple at Work is sponsored by Mosul. Deploying, managing, and protecting Apple devices at work should be difficult or require several solutions. Mosul is the only Apple unified platform for business. By combining enhanced device management, endpoint security, 
internet privacy and security, single sign-on enhanced app management into a single Apple-only platform, businesses can now easily and automatically deploy, manage, protect their Apple devices automatically with one solution at an affordable price. With a solution for every business size and the best support in the market, start a free 30-day trial and see firsthand why Mosul is more than an Apple MDM. Mosul is everything you need to work with Apple. To learn more, visit business.mosul.com. That's business.mosyle.com. Thanks to Mosul for sponsoring Apple at Work this week. And you know, looking at this acquisition, again, it's you know, eight months old or so. Um, the passwordless section for developers on the Bitward website kind of really goes into to some of the solutions you all offer. And there's still a free option, up to 10,000 users a month. Yeah. Um, for tools to help developers. I think it's fantastic. I, I think everybody in this situation, like you, you're the competitor is, um, hacker hackers breaches. Um, that's yeah. the, that's the enemy here. And yeah. the, you know, organizations working together to kind of grow, um, grow the use of pass keys, I think is a win for everybody. Uh, and my hope is in like 10 years, pass keys just, you, you, we kind of don't even remember the world without them, and 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 really, kind of passwords are completely dead. And I mean, you think about it, like it's for so for so long, like we told users, like use long passwords, like you yeah. know, don't don't, re, don't reuse them. And like you know, we would say this from like the people certainly on the on the security side, we would say this, and like the tool and the, and the tool, like password managers, like have come a long way, but like. They've still, they're still not at the place that like the ease of something like Paskey's is. Like Paskey's makes that like extremely, uh, extremely frictionless. And, and it reminds me, I, I was talking to somebody recently, and I, one of the challenges you always have in IT is like, particularly in like in remote settings, is balancing security and, and productivity. Like I think most people think those are like pendulums that you have to swing back and forth. And I, I think really the future of security and, and the enterprise computing world is security with productivity. And, and you can have both. And I think the new new security tools coming out like are very much more user-friendly. And I think Passkeys is a perfect example of security with productivity. It's easier yeah. than using passwords, yeah. but it's also more secure. Um, and, and I think that's where the industry has finally we've 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 kind of come a long way. But I think this again goes back to the the biometrics on device are really good. They're trustworthy. They don't sync, but they also work. Like I, I you know, gosh, I can remember fingerprint sensors on Lenovo laptops going back fifteen years. Like you didn't; those were not as seamlessly built into the hardware and, and OS stack as they are now, and they weren't as reliable. And then you think about it, just like you know, every Mac you buy today. You know, has a touch ID built in. Every iOS device, every Android device, like these 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 devices have biometrics built in, baked into the OS, baked into the hardware, and it really works at scale. It's not something that you really got to think about to deploy. Um, it it just kind of works. Um, one of the things you know, I go ahead, Bradley. I don't know about you, but the uh, I've helped my mom and dad with passwords since forever, right? And and that kind of echoes, that's not a problem unique to my mom and dad. That, you know, that echoes for employees in the enterprise, that echoes for many users, including myself. And one of the things that, you know, when it just kind of the, um, it just ticked for me, I, I just got it, was that, you know, passkeys just makes that process go away. 
there's no more forgotten passwords, no having to remember what account went where. Um, so, you know, when I realized that passkeys are, are verified mom and dad proof, uh, and as well as, you know, uh, technology wise and, you know, like all the security, all the bells and whistles, it has that, but that it actually, you know, works for, for mom, mom and dad. And that's when I was kind of convinced that, well, this is, this is a, a real change and something that will, will work in real life. What I mean, I think, I think that's really a great way to say it. Like there is no forgotten passwords because you, you, don't lose your fingerprint. You don't lose your biometric data. I mean, like you don't yeah. forget that. And it's, and again, it's baked in, uh, it's baked in from the ground up. Um, and it just really like takes that problem and just says like, it's no longer exists. Like you can get in. It's, it's, it's incredibly easy. Um, one of the things that you all offer that is, is quite unique is the ability for, you know, really a flexible deployment option. Um, right. you, you offer the ability for, um, customers to, you know, obviously use, use your public, um, cloud to host their passwords, sync to all, you know, their employees deploy it, but you also offer the ability for, um, customers to, you know, kind of roll their own. So, uh, if they're in a, you know, government organization that, that cannot use public cloud options, or if they're in a, you know, just, you know, wanting to tinker or, or really just, you know, if they just want to have everything kind of at a private, you know, private cloud, what's the, you know, what's the use case there for, what are your customers saying? What are y'all hearing for customers? And then like, what are y'all thoughts on having this flexible deployment option? Well, I'll be honest. I think it's it's for me. It's almost almost a, a requirement. You know, it's the great majority of, of users use our cloud hosted uh, solutions. That goes, you know, for for our password manager, for our secrets manager that was recently um, GA'd and available for everyone to sign up for, including passwordless.dev. That's how many people prefer to consume um, an uh, an application and a service. But the ability to self-host, I think, came early to me as a requirement because not only that, you know, you don't want to deploy to your own VM, uh, either if it's physical or if it's running in like uh, Azure or, or AWS, like running in a cloud, but you have more control of it. But it, I think it's a requirement to be able to not have your you know, data as a hostage. And I think that's been kind of... Um, um, you know, uh, that requirement has been obvious to, to everyone at Bitwood and that we want, well, we want the solution to be open source and transparent so that, you know, anyone can review and audit and, and see the source code um, and, and kind of be able to, you know, we, we can't hide anything. We would be, you know, if we tried to take shortcuts, we would, it would be seen immediately. And we share all our source code. You can see all the changes. Um, and the same thing, I think, goes for self-hosting, that uh, having the ability to export your data is important. You might not need to use it, but it needs to be there. Um, and especially if you're building, I mean, if you're working in an enterprise and you want to run your authentication uh, stack, um, I think you need the option to self-host. You might not need to self-host today, but depending on regulation... You know, um, if something comes along as GDPR that requires your data to live in, in EU, for example, uh, you need that option. And on that point, we just recently launched Bitbot and EU data centers. 
So um, now, you know, if you're in the EU and you want to keep your data inside the EU, but still use the, the cloud, that's actually possible um, from today. So um, I think that that's a great point that to be able to, you know, have that control. No, own and control your destiny. And again, I love, you know, even if 1% of your customers want to deploy their own password hosting, um, I think that, you know, for that 1%, um, having that ability is is critical. Because again, there may be some organizations that, you know, have no option to use a public service, you know, like, like Bitwarden or another password manager service. And like, hey, we, we know we need this. We know we want it for our company, but like we actually cannot use, you know, public public cloud options. We have to roll and support our own. Uh, and I've actually been, t- I actually t- been tinkering with that on my own a little bit, um, you know, running running a Bitwarden instance in, internally in my house. And it, you just, just a more tinker with, I'm not in a situation where I have to have like, you know, offsite or, um, non-public cloud password hosting but i it's something i wanted to test and tinker with and i I honestly maybe i'm wrong i think one of the consumer trends of like the next 10 years may be folks going back to running their own home servers i think there's some cool options um from the folks at umbral and and start nine that are kind of making that a thing and i think certainly in a world where Customers may be getting like, you know, especially on the consumer side, may getting, maybe getting $10 a month to death with SaaS services. They may, you know, we're seeing some options where there are like kind of turnkey options to host your own version of iCloud, like a, a, a you know, photo thing. Uh, again, we got Bitwarden. There's just different options where it's like, hey, I just want to like eliminate some of these cloud services. I get really fast internet at home. I just want to spin up my own thing. Uh, and it's cool that, you know, Bitwarden is really, I think, the only company in the password space that's allowing you to uh, roll and host your own. So, um, Anders, this has been great. One of the things I, I, I failed to um, ask you about, like, what actually is your role now day to day at Bitwarden? I know you've been there eight months. Uh, what, how do you spend your time at, at the company? Well, I, I spend my time on, on both building passkeys.dev, which is our service you know, geared towards the, uh, developers who want to enable passkeys on their own web apps. Uh, but I also, you know, basically all things passkeys uh, in the industry and internally at Bitwarden. And I also, you know, I, I'm a part of the FIDO Alliance in, in those, um, in the W3C working groups. So uh, a lot of passkey things. And like one of the things that I, um, like a, a point that I would like to bring up about passkeys is I was watching um, Oppenheimer on cinema. Have, have you seen that one yet? I have not. So uh, it, it's very cinematic, visually striking. Uh, and they, it, it's, of course, about a nuclear fission some way. And that occurs when a neutron kind of slams into a larger atom, forcing it to you know, excite and split into two smaller atoms. And um, I think there's a relation between fission and passkeys because a, a leaked credential creates a similar chain reaction. In the industry, we call them credential stuffing attacks, and they are common. Um, they work by reusing credentials from one breach to fuel the next breach. So it creates this chain reaction. You know, you might you might breach one side, get the database, get credentials, and you can try those credentials on new sites. And for every site you breach, kind of uh, adds more fuel um, to your uh, hacking campaign. And Passkeys, I think, has the reversed effect. So for every site that deploys passkeys, it kind of cuts that chain reaction. And I think in, in two ways. 
the most obvious one, of course, is that you know credential stuffing doesn't work when you've added passkeys to your site. Passkeys are very strong; they're unique per site. Uh, they can't be reused. But the second way a passkey stops the the chain reaction of a hacking campaign, uh, I think, is interesting. If the site is breached, it doesn't allow the hacker to use any credentials on on other sites, uh, or even actually on the same site. You know, if you get a hold of the you know the database and all the passwords for uh, or all the credentials of the site, if there are passkeys, you you can't use them to gain access on any other site. You can't even use that database to gain access on the same site because the part of the passkey that is stored on the server can't be used without what is you know called as the private part that lives on the user device. Kind of bring it home to where we started about you know having having your data locally on a user enclave and the TPM entrusted. So even if you hack the web servers and you get the, the public parts of passkeys, you can't use them on any other site. You can't use them on the same site. So uh, I, I think that's a very, um, I think that's a, a very strong network effect that passkeys allow. You know, it can for every site that adds uh, passkey support, you actually benefit the uh, the um, the other uh, sites that are out there in the ecosystem. So um, similar to, you know, you're kind of stopping that chain reaction. Um, so, you know, Bradley, if, if you're able to get your office to start using passkeys for you know, emails and your, your CMS systems, uh, you're, you'll be part of, you know, stopping that chain reaction, uh, perhaps avoiding a, a future hacking disaster. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of remove the incentive to hack when there's nothing to hack and yeah. uh, until you can hack somebody's biometric data and then plan that mission mission impossible style on your fingerprint exactly. um, you know that's you know at that point we have other problems um, again technology's come a long way um, it, it feels like it may uh, in some ways it feels like we've been hearing about uh, or I have anyways the fight alliance for years uh, but that groundwork was uh, that time was well spent. Industry's come a long way. Uh, it, it feels like I'm using passkeys a whole lot more today than I was a year ago, and I suspect in another year or two it'll be something where, um, you know, you, you sort of. I think I'm probably at peak, peak passwords in my life, um, and, and now kind of the default when I um, you know sign up for no service, the, the hope is that passkeys are built in natively, and you know, again don't have to add any more passwords to my life. I mean, again, I can think of the countless times my wife mother-in-law etc they just it's like i hate password it's like yeah we all yeah. do and we now have a solution uh so uh, anders thanks for coming on the show uh congrats on all the great work at passwordless um uh dot uh, dev and, and the great work at bit bitwarden uh y'all keep up the great work throughout the rest of the year and then we'll have you all on again to chat real soon thank you very much Brody. have a, have a good day